0: We're going to read uh, two passages in one verse. Uh, The first passage is from Joshua chapter one, the second is from Acts chapter one. It's not a coincidence. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. This is the word of the Lord. So hear him. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, Toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous being careful to do all the law that Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right uh, from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then from Acts chapter (coughs) 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. That's the Gospel of Luke. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, into heaven. May God bless our reading and hearing of his word. Amen. And the one verse is Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. It's always seemed to me that uh, celebrating birthdays is kind of arbitrary, it's just a date on a calendar. And the passage from one year to the next, uh, marking that seems kind of artificial. But then I reflect on Genesis 1, where the fourth day of creation uh, is Uh, Revealed to us and where the Lord uh, created the heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, and the stars uh, to govern the day, to govern the night, to govern the seasons and the years. And so it seems to me on reflection that there is significance uh, to, let's say, the beginning of a new year. We can see it as a kind of threshold. The door is open and we're standing on the threshold. Wondering what's on, what's 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 in the room on the other side, what what we're walking into, what challenges lie beyond the door, Uh, how are we going to greet them? So I wanted to look, and by the way, if this sounds familiar, five years ago you heard the same sermon. Only I forgot to write on it the date and the church, (laughs) and I only remembered last night, and it was too late then to to do anything. So I want to share with you uh, two passages uh, that uh, reveal two threshold kind of events, threshold challenges. Uh, The one, uh, uh, with Joshua and the people of Israel in the plains of Moab, uh, and the other, the Acts of Apostles, the the apostles and the baby church in Acts chapter 1. Okay, Joshua and Israel in the plains of Moab, uh, they're looking across the Jordan River to the land of Canaan. That's their destination. That was their destination when they left Egypt. And God tells Joshua, and through Joshua, the whole nation get up and go. Cross the river and conquer. But obeying God will mean war with all the risks and the horrors. The suffering and the death that go with war 40 years earlier uh, the fathers of this generation of Israelites had stood at such a threshold at Kadesh Barnea the southern gate to Canaan The spies Moses had sent into Canaan came back with reports of the wealth and fertility of the land but also that it contained walled cities and armies and giants. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, urged the people of Israel to trust the Lord, to believe his promises, and to go forward. But the people were afraid and refused not trusting the Lord, and they reaped a consequence as the Lord sentenced them to 40 years wandering in the wilderness until the whole generation of adults that had come out of Egypt had passed away and died, and their children would enter in. Well, so now, will their children once again play it safe, uh, as did their fathers, or will they go forward to the land God promised them? Well, we know the answer to that question, but uh, we're going to follow it through anyway. In Acts <clears throat> chapter 1, we have a similar sort of situation. Uh, here we are with 11 apostles, it'll soon be a 12th, 11 apostles and uh, the baby church. And the risen Lord meeting with them repeatedly, he gives them his great commission up in Galilee, he gives them the great commission to go uh, make disciples of all the nations, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and he promises to be with them always, even to the end of the age. That's a wonderful promise. Now, back in Jerusalem, uh, Luke reports in Acts these words uh, from our Lord to his apostles in verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, these 12 men were of no importance. They had no wealth, they had no power, no standing before the nation. And the church was, uh, well, probably just a little bigger than we are right here in this room, 120 people, Maybe, maybe there are 120 people here, I don't know. But it was uh, they're just a bunch of nobodies. And God is commanding them to go and make disciples of the Gentiles to the ends of the earth. Wow. Now these are certainly threshold challenges, if there ever were any. <coughs> and so what do they decide to do? Well, we know again, I say we know the answers right here in the Bible, and I think most of you have probably read the answer or heard it. Uh, so, still, what will they do? Will they? Because the options are these. The options are these for the apostles. Return to the comfort and safety of your former lives. Or go forward with the Great Commission into the world. Now we know that they went forward. Even though Jesus in Matthew 10 had warned them, I send you out as sheep among wolves. And what about us on the threshold of this uh, new year uh, almost a whole week into it uh, shall we try to predict uh, trends and make decisions based on seeking the safest route to security and comfort I ask this of you individually and of your families and of us collectively as a church is it safety and security that we will seek and comfort? Shall we worry about all the bad stuff that may happen and determine to play it safe? To fly under the radar of a hostile, an increasingly hostile world? Well, there are considerations in making such decisions. Some considerations are valid and some considerations are invalid. And I'd like to look at deciding considerations that should not be deciding considerations, that should not govern us. And think of Israel in Moab as they look across uh, the Jordan River. First city, of course, that they see is Jericho. It's kind of a gateway to Canaan. And uh, it was a very heavily fortified city. Archaeological remains of, of that part of the city uh, are truly impressive. There's Jericho with its mighty walls, all the other fortified cities of Canaan. Together they outnumber, maybe they greatly outnumber, the nation of Israel, who are not trained warriors. But these cities have trained professional armies. They have Chariot cores. They have the best bronze, maybe even iron weapons by this time. And Israel already possesses the land east of the Jordan River, north of Moab, the land we know as Gilead. Wouldn't it be prudent to settle down peacefully on the land they already have, play it safe in the tradition of their parents 40 years earlier? Well, if it ever entered Joshua's mind to quaver with fear, the scripture doesn't tell us that. And the word of God that the Lord spoke to him here, and his encounter shortly with the captain of the armies of the Lord, a very interesting event, uh, ended any trepidation he may have had. Something greater than realities visible to created eyes and merely human wisdom impelled Joshua and the people of Israel forward to cross the river. The church, the baby church, and the eleven, the twelve apostles. What realities stand before them? Well, besides their small numbers, their lack of earthly resources or standing, they might have thought the Jewish rulers and Pilate killed Jesus at the height of his popularity. Won't they turn against us and kill us too? Who do we think we are to oppose them? Why not return to the life we had before? Our homes, our jobs, our families, our friends. Much safer that way. And carry the message of Jesus beyond the Jewish lands to the Gentile nations? Even to the ends of the earth? How can that even be possible for us? What if they had played it safe? how would their story have been different? They would not have died as martyrs, as all of them but one did, but they still would have died and received what from the Lord? Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master, or whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. And God would have used others to bring the saving message of Christ to his elect in a lost and fallen world. Now we know from the book of Acts that it never entered their minds to play it safe. Something more than realities visible to created eyes. Something more than mere human wisdom impelled them to obey the Lord Jesus and move forward. And we? Wow. What faces us? I don't know about you individually, but I mean just worldwide. uh, Wars on the increase and horrible atrocities being committed in various places. uh, Suffering that, that is just hard to comprehend. Uh, rising persecution against the churches of Jesus Christ around the world, in our own nation, uh, political turmoil and strife and division, uh, the promise that the election of 2024 may just make things worse, uh, the breakdown of the family in our society, uh, individuals uh, who are who are just lost and Show that they're lost in the way they live. What will happen to your job? Uh, will there be enough money to take care of your family uh, and the church? Are we going to grow? Or are we going to lose people? Uh, what trouble uh, might come our way if we are truly faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and energetic about making the gospel known? Uh, social and cultural changes all around us. What if there's another plague Well, those are things we might face. We don't know what they are, but God knows. So what are the deciding considerations? What should be the deciding considerations? And I will say God's promises, the record of his mighty deeds, and the commands that he has given us. God gave to Israel and to us a great gift in Deuteronomy 29.29. Now, it comes in a context. The uh, repeating of the covenant first made at Mount Sinai between God and Israel. The pronouncing of blessings if they are faithful and curses if they are not faithful uh, to the Lord. And uh, so in the middle of these uh, chapters of blessing and cursings, we have... Deuteronomy 29, 29. I'll read it again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, that is in Scripture, belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. What is the point of this amazing and wonderful verse? which you all ought to memorize. Don't try to figure out God's secret plan for coming events. Now, I know if you're an investment broker, you need to do a little of that, but uh, you don't know God's secret plan. None of us do. And it's futile to try to figure it out as a basis for making decisions how or when God will send blessings, how or when he may send curses in order to make safe and advantageous decisions. No, we should concern ourselves with this. Knowing and doing what God says in his revealed word and resting on what he has promised. While keeping before our eyes Christ, his atoning work, his triumphant resurrection, his exaltation to the right hand of God, his rule over all nations in history, the certainty of his coming again, his judge and savior. The secret things belong to God alone, that is, his decrees. Is planned for history and all of its details, for nations, and right down to the hairs on your head and the length of your life. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, The days ordained for me were written in your book before there was one of them. It's all planned out, but we don't know the plan. Uh, we know in general what the plan is, and that is the triumph of Christ in the eternal salvation of his people. The things revealed by God belong to us and to our children. There's a responsibility for us with regard to our children. They belong to us and our children. These are the record of God's mighty deeds of salvation and judgment. Especially the work of his son, Jesus Christ. God's commands, which are not suggestions. And God's revealed promises that are sealed for us in the blood of Christ. The Lord gave Joshua and his real clear commands. Cross the Jordan. Get up. Go. Cross the Jordan. You and all the people, be strong, be courageous. Three times he says that. Be careful to do all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. There's a way of life commanded by God that they were to embrace in the land. And the Lord gave them his promises. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Yes, with you, Joshua. But if the Lord is with Joshua, the Lord is with the people he leads I will not leave you or forsake you. If that rings a bell, we hear it again in, what, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Again, the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God's promise to his people under the new covenant. There is a promise of God's presence that is wonderful There is God's presence, which, if you will, is even more wonderful. Emmanuel, God with us in the incarnation of his eternal son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who at the right hand of God continues to watch over us and serve us, who sends the Holy Spirit, God with us. I will never leave you or forsake you. By the grace of God, Joshua and the people believed the promise. They obeyed. God did grant them victory. Now, coming generations were not faithful to that, but that generation was blessed by God for their faith in the Lord, their trust in his promises, and their obedience. Now, then there's us. Can we predict what the economy will do, what the government will do? What will happen if our medical delivery system collapses under another plague? What persecution may come on account of Christ? What wars may come? Don't worry. It's not the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. (laughs) It's Don't Worry, God Knows. God knows. He is sovereign over all these things. He has them in his hand. He has us in his hands. We might wish we knew more, especially regarding the near future. The apostles apostles wanted to know about secret things. Uh, In Acts 1-6, we see them asking, Lord, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, Jesus doesn't say yes or no to that. He says, it is not for you to know the time and the epochs. Which the Father is fixed by His own authority. In other words, the secret things do not belong to you, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be My witnesses to the ends of the earth. Verse eight. In other words, pay attention to what I'm calling you to do. That's you know, keep trusting in Me and pay attention to what I call you to do. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit, guiding you and strengthening you to be obedient and fruitful. There it is, again, a directive from the Lord and a promise from the Lord of his mighty presence by the gift of the Holy Spirit. The things revealed. God's commands, God's promises, the record of God's mighty deeds, especially in Christ our Redeemer. These belong to us, revealed in Scripture. They belong to us that we may live according to them, not believe them and file them away. And live like the world around us but that what God has revealed about himself his will his promises his mighty works of salvation that's his gift to us that we may be governed in our lives by them that's our business as believers in Jesus as a church of Jesus Christ to read and learn and take God's Word to heart And do it. To teach our children that they may believe and trust and do. To make that their guide for their lives. Not the way of the world around, or the trends of the world around. Christ's death on the cross, atoning for our sins, reveals the extent to which God will go to keep his promises. No promise of the Lord will fail because he's not going to throw away the sacrifice of his son. The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and his ascension to heaven demonstrates that God has the power to keep his promises. There is no earthly power. That could do what God has done in creating the world and in His Son Jesus Christ. This should be liberating to us. When you encounter God's revealed will, maybe reading the Ten Commandments as we do, beginning of worship, not only to be convicted of our sin, but also to be reminded about the structure of life God calls us to live. Uh, When we read the Ten Commandments, when we read the Gospels and and consider what Jesus tells us, uh, how he wants us to live. Uh, When we hear the Gospel command to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, When we read the New Testament letters of the book of Revelation, and they're full of imperatives. Uh, directing our lives directing our thinking directing our goals and our thoughts god uh, these aren't these aren't things that we pay attention to and try to do so that god will save us god saved israel out of egypt and then gave him gave them the 10 commandments and while we were still his enemies he sent his son to die on the cross and deliver us from the judgment we deserve. By bearing it in our place, salvation is the gift of God. Obedience is to be our thankful response to that gift. And I say this should be liberating. Uh, We don't have to commission studies, consult experts, uh, chart trends, worry about the outcome, decide if this or that is a good idea or if it will lead to happiness when it comes to taking the commands of God seriously. If something is really God's will, that is to say clear in his word to us, you just have to do it. Well, easier said than done, right? (laughs) We are still sinners. We are still tempted to go the other direction. And so we, we need to make this a matter of serious prayer, throwing ourselves humbly on the grace of God, on the mercies of God. We need to rely, truly rely on his grace and believe his promises. In this life, doing what God says may lead to the conversion of loved ones, of friends, or to persecution and hardship. The outcome is God's business, the secret things. In this life, obeying Jesus may lead to a long and prosperous life. Or God may be pleased to put you through fiery trials, probably some of each. Be sure of this. Jesus died for our sins and rose again so that all Who trust in him, whose faith shows itself in an earnest desire to obey him, will be blessed in this life with his presence and love, his father's care, forgiveness of sins, the Spirit dwelling in us as his gift, and the love of our Christian brothers and sisters. And when he comes, heavenly glory and fellowship with all the saints forever and ever. Leave God's secret plans for the future in God's hands. Concern yourself with this. What does my Lord say in his word that I should take to heart and live by? what does God say in his word that we as a church should seek to be doing and endeavor to do it look to him for grace I will seek to do his will revealed in his word I will strive to live by his word and teach my children also I will trust him to keep his promises by God's grace by God's grace, Joshua and Israel did believe God's promises, obey his commands, and were mightily blessed by God. By God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, the twelve apostles and the baby church uh, trusted Jesus and obeyed his command. And he saved a multitude of sinners and built his church and continued to do so generation by generation and to the ends of the earth, down to our day and to us. seek God's grace to trust and obey while looking to Jesus all the time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we confess to you that we are weak, we are often confused, and that we are often tempted to do things that appear safe and easy for us and to avoid things that might be hard and dangerous our father we pray that we may grow in that grace that looks so steadily to our Savior enthroned in heaven at your right hand that we may more and more put our trust entirely in him and Endeavor to obey all that he says to us, come what may. We pray that you would glorify yourself in this church in this coming year. That you would glorify yourself in our families and our children and our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.